Would y'all give it up for the worship team, man? So thankful for y'all. Love you guys. And uh, I'm kind of disappointed none of the kids crowd surfed or did anything like that. You know, it's always, you just never know with kids. Would you tell the person next to you, just say, say smile today. Just smile a little bit. Even if you told a stranger, tell, tell the other person that you just ignored, say you're on the naughty list and I know it. And uh, <laughs> oh man, last week we had a uh, amazing Sunday and if you were here um, I know this week we have a lot of people traveling and out of town from both services, and um, we're praying for safe travels and a lot of people watching online. Uh, last Sunday, man, there were hundreds of people coming to the altar, laying things before the cross, and, and I just want you to know we prayed over those things this week as a staff. Some people wrote their name and their number and said, please burn this thing. Um, by the way, that was the message. Don't think we're doing weird stuff here. Uh, that, was, that went with the message. And it was a really powerful Sunday, what God did. And I do need to publicly repent about something uh, that I did, <laughs> I did at the end of second service last week. We had a lot of college students um, at our services last week. And I think that they were just coming before God because it was finals week coming up. And uh, anybody remember? those days. And so a lot of them are back home right now, but there was one specific that came up and, and this, the same prayer request was just repeated over and over. It was, hey, can you pray that, you know, that I would do good on finals? And I was like, of course, you know, I pray. Well, one, one student came up. I, mean, I, I have laughed about this all week and I have repented. This is me publicly doing so. It said, I haven't been to class all year. And I just started laughing. Like, I'm like, this ain't going to go well. They said, I haven't been to class all year. I haven't studied at all. I don't even know if my teacher knows who I am. And they said, can you pray for a miracle? I said, brother, you need more than a miracle. I said, you need more than prayer. I said, you need like feeding the 5,000 type of miracle. Like, like the, the deaf now can hear, the blind can see type miracle. And I like did not encourage this college student. I don't even think I prayed for them. So if you're here, I'm sorry. I'll try, I'll try it again this week, but you've already taken finals. So I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. All right. But I was laughing this week thinking about that. And uh, I was reminded, it's almost like PTSD from from my middle school and high school and college days. Does anybody think about school and you're like, man, I do not want to go back to that, okay? Uh, I, I was laughing, just, I was reminded of so many stories. I do want to take a quick poll this morning and I want to ask, and be, be bold, raise your hand. If you were on the A honor roll, would you slip your hand up? We are so proud of you. And some of y'all are judging. What about, where are my B students at? Raise your hand. Y'all didn't want to do too much and overachieve, but you were there, you know. Uh, what about my C students? C students? Yeah, come on. Y'all was in class. Y'all was just chilling, you know, and, uh, and praying a lot. And <laughs> where's my D's get degrees, people? Okay, yeah. Y'all, my, my brother, and so all the rest, um, just don't raise your hand. And, um, <laughs> and uh, man, I, I, was, uh, I was talking with my mom recently, and she was, she, we were laughing about different things with school. I was just telling her we're going to have to repeat all this with our kids. And, and I, you know, I was a class clown uh, in school, and, and I was also the teacher's pet, which is a really interesting combination. Was anybody one of those? Where, where are the class clowns? Okay. Teachers' pets, y'all used to suck up to the teachers because we weren't smart enough to get good grades. And so uh, we took the trash out and brought treats. So that's what we did. My mom, she always would be like, I don't understand how you can get in so much trouble, but your teachers also love you. And I said, Mom, it's a love-hate relationship. 
<laughs> I said, they love me, but they hate that I'm in their class. <laughs> and uh, anyways, y'all pray for me. I, I did back in, in high school, I learned this trick. It was a hack. And if you are a student in here, do not repeat this, okay? Um, this is off the record, but I, I learned this hack. I learned how to be two places at once. Anybody know where this is leading to? I learned how to be two places at once, and I figured out a way that I could be at McDonald's and also be in math class. I could be in, in chemistry, I could also be at Chick-fil-A. Can I get an amen? I could be in science and also in the Sonic drive-thru. I, I got my driver's license, and I was, I was, some would say, skipping class. I called it street smarts, all right? And uh, I would bribe my fellow classmates when the teacher would call roll. Y'all remember those days? They would call roll. They say your name, and what would you say? Here. Some of y'all were proper, and you said present, all right? <laughs> and uh, I would bribe my, my fellow classmates to, you know, say that I was there, but I wasn't there. So Seth Tomboli, here. Seth Tomboli, present. Well, that only lasted for a small, short season of my life, and I got caught, okay? And then my mom got involved, and that's when I got whipped. But I learned how to be in two places at once. I was there. But I was also somewhere else. I was, I was in two places at once. And as I was putting the message together this week, I was laughing because I was thinking about all of the people that uh, I misled and did just really bad things back at school. But, but I learned how to be two places at once. And, and sadly, without even knowing it, most people in this room have mastered the same technique in, in your life. That you can be physically present and mentally checked out. You can be here today and completely somewhere else. Some of y'all are like, oh, he's talking to me. I better pay attention, right? We have the ability to be somewhere where our feet are at, but our, our heart is completely disconnected. I, I'm present, but I'm not. Can anybody relate with me this morning? I'm, I'm here, but I'm somewhere else. That's the direction I want to run today. And, uh, y'all, we can literally be driving a car and, like, it's like we come to and we're like, man, for the last 15 minutes, I don't even remember driving. Anybody ever done this? It's scary how many of y'all are saying, yes, <laughs> stay off the roads, right? Like, we, we could just check out. Like, we could be in a conversation looking at someone in the eyes and nodding, and you ain't got a clue what they're saying, right? This happens. Maybe you're at the dinner table and completely glazed over thinking about what's to come or what just happened. And listen, we've all dealt with this at some point. I just want to speak some life into it today and almost give some CPR to purpose and being present in this season. I was asking God, I was like, man, what do we talk about leading into Christmas? And I just think this is it that what I'm about to say is a little cheesy, all right? But it is so true that your presence is more valuable than your presence, your presence, your attention, your, your ability to be fully where your feet are is way more valuable than what's underneath that Christmas tree. Right. And if we can get this today and realize that we can't buy time, that it is a precious gift from God, I think that some cool things can happen in our lives. Our undivided, full focus and, and presence I would be willing to say your family and your spouse and your kids, your, your coworkers, your friends, all, everybody benefits when you're fully checked in, when you're fully engaged. There's this little small sliver that we call the present. 
And it just happened. And it just happened again. And it just happened again. And we can't get it back. And I'm not trying to be like doom and gloom today, so I promise there's good news with this. But we can completely miss it because we think of the past or we're so consumed with the future. The reality is when we think about our past, here's the truth for somebody today. Only God can cover your past. Only God's grace can cover your past. The Bible says that surely goodness and mercy follow me all of my days. Question for all the married people in here today. Has your spouse ever caught you daydreaming? And then when they catch you daydreaming in the middle of a conversation, like they're talking to you and you are somewhere else. Because some of y'all are getting nudged because it happened today. (laughs) And they ask you a very dangerous question, which is this. What did I just say to you? That's fighting words, all right? And you better have a good response. If anyone has a hack for that, let a brother know today. Kendra always tells me, Seth, if I don't have your eyes, I don't have your ears. If I don't have your eyes, you're not listening to me. Listen, technology has completely got us off the rails. And this is not a message today to speak against all the technology. You can use it to better the kingdom of God, but it can be a distraction. Technology has given us the ability to be at dinner with our family and also checking the score of a game that's happening across the world. Technology has enabled us to be at a dance recital or a baseball game while texting your buddy who's in a deer stand or or your friend who's shopping and getting the latest deal, right? Like technology has enabled you to be using the restroom and ordering barbecue from Wright's Barbecue down the street. Like some of y'all think that's nasty. Praise God, okay? Like we can be so distracted. And as I talk about this, some of you are slowly slipping your phone into your pocket because you're used to being on it. The past is the past. The Bible says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. God says in Isaiah 43, I am he who blocks out your sin for my own sake. This is God talking. And I will not remember your sins. So if God is not dwelling on your sin, then why in the world are you? If he's not holding it over your head and he has forgiven you and you have embraced him as your Lord and Savior and you have come to the foot of the cross. Some of you laid some stuff at the cross last week and for some reason you decided to just pick it back up this week. And you can't think about the present because you're so consumed with what you did or what you said or what you've seen. And God is saying, forget it. I cast it as far as the east is from the west. Why are you focused on it? I'm not saying don't come to the Lord and get clean. I'm just saying stop focusing on your sin. Fix your eyes on Jesus. In Luke 9, this is what the Bible says. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Face forward. Get to work. This is like the coach coming out of me. We got people to win to Jesus in this region. There are people and families that you are supposed to reach. You got to put your hand to the plow and not look back. Listen, some of you, if this is the only thing you hear today, you need to take the rearview mirror off of that plow and stop staring in it. God is saying there's something ahead. You need to be fully present. So the past is the past. The future is 
is ahead. So why is it so hard to be in the present moment? Why is it so hard to be fully engaged with where we are today? I want to talk about this. The Word of God speaks about this. And honestly, Jesus models how to be fully present better than anybody. He's walking from town to town. He pauses. He heals somebody. He's on his way somewhere else. He casts out a demon, raises somebody from the dead. He's present. There's a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. He's crying out. And the disciples in the crowd actually rebuke him because they think Jesus is in a hurry to get where he's going. They say, be quiet. And what does Jesus do? Jesus comes over and pauses and heals this man. It says in Mark 10, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth that was passing by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him. And said, be quiet. And he shouted all the more. We spoke about this many months ago. And Jesus stopped and, and he said, call him. Call him over here. And, and so they called to the blind man. They said, cheer up and on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see, obviously. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight, and, and he followed Jesus along the road. What we see as an interruption, God sees as an opportunity. What we see is something that is a distraction. Maybe somebody else can get to that. That is somebody else's responsibility. The one man no one else would look at, Jesus stopped for. I don't know about you, but that really encourages me. Because he doesn't just do it for the blind beggar. He does it for the, the rich man, the tax collector named Zacchaeus that used to steal from all of his peers. He, he was very wealthy. He was very manipulative. And, and he stops for him as well. What does that teach us? That Jesus has got time for you this morning too. That in the middle of our dysfunction, in our sin, in our brokenness, that Jesus would stop for you. That you are not too far gone. You haven't said and seen too much. That God's grace is for you. The rich, the poor, the down and out, the up and in. Every, everybody say everybody. All y'all. <laughs> All of us. That's everybody. The gospel is good news for broken people. And if you are perfect and all great, this ain't the church for you. All right. Jesus is the only one without sin. He, he died for all of us to call upon his name. Jesus cares about you. In this moment, he, he stops for Zacchaeus. And just in case you don't know who Zacchaeus is, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he who climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. Some of y'all drank way too much Kool-Aid back in Sunday school, okay? This is what it says. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And, and I circled that because that meant that Jesus was on his way somewhere else. And he paused, and, and he meets this guy in the middle of his mess and says, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector. He was wealthy, and he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, I love details in the Bible, <laughs> he could not see over the crowd, and so he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus. Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Invited himself over. Everybody's got a friend like that, right? 
So he came down and at once, and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and they began to mutter, this is good news. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, because this dude had stolen a lot of stuff. He had done a lot of people wrong. He said, look, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. And anyone that I've cheated out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He's repenting. Jesus said to him, today, everyone say today. Today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. I, I could go on and on about moments in, in Scripture where Jesus was fully present and fully engaged in this is what I want us to get. We, we posted this on, online on social media yesterday. It's this right here. My prayer is that our church would walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and love people deeply. That we would walk slow enough to experience Jesus fully and love people deeply. That's the call. That's what we are here to do. Jesus teaches us all throughout Scripture, all throughout the gospel accounts, that one of the greatest gifts that we can give is our undivided attention. It's our undivided attention. Jesus wants us to give him and give others our undivided attention. So, you know, I go to Google. If I need a dictionary, what is undivided attention? It says full and complete attention. No distractions, no disruptions, fully pressed into the moment. So also I Googled, what is divided attention? And you would be shocked at what popped up. It says the ability to do two things at once, also known as multitasking, which we pat ourselves on the back if we're good at it, right? I can do so many things at once, but I'm actually not doing anything with excellence, I can do all of these things together, but I'm completely checked out of all of the relationships at hand. I can be at work and at home and with the kids and doing this, and, and I can do all of these things. But listen, what Jesus is saying is be fully present. Wherever your feet are, be there as well. It's, and right underneath it, it said this. It was this little description. It said, when something becomes too familiar it usually loses all of your focus and attention. Man, I, it just stopped me in my tracks because I realized this happens with marriage. When, when something becomes too familiar, it's just no longer the thing that needs attention. When, when your relationship with your kids, it just, it's just what we do. It's just so familiar and having dinner together, it's just so familiar and man, we just completely can miss it. And I'm not coming to you today saying I have this figured out. This is actually what God is dealing with me in the moment. And I'm like, well, God, why would I preach about something that I haven't figured out myself? He said, because you're not an expert and no one else is either. So we have to get this. Why? This Christmas season could be completely different if we're all in. If we're fully engaged with our family and our friends and our coworkers, this is, this is so true. I, I don't want to be disconnected. I want to be fully present. Write this down. Major in the mundane. Major in the mundane. What is mundane? It is the not so interesting small little moments of your life. But we're supposed to major in those things. Anyone in here today 
maybe you can relate with this, that you have come home to a house where there's toys everywhere. Think back, if you're an empty nester, think back to when the kids were at the house. There's toys everywhere. The house smells a little different. Y'all tracking with me, okay? Like, like there's, there's food, there's snack cups. It looks like somebody dumped all the goldfish out and stomped them in the living room into the carpet. I'm speaking from experience of two days ago. And, and the, the, the Fruit Loops have been just completely turned into dust and powder. And they're all over the tile, you know? And there's just toy, there's army men and Legos spread out like little landmines just waiting to shred your feet apart. Like, and this is, we say these things, right? We say these things. I can't wait till the day that there's peace in my home. Oh, man, I can't wait till the house is quiet and not so loud or the mess is gone and the toys are gone. And one day this house will be clean. And, and I have spent a lot of time talking to people who are older than me and wiser than me. I highly encourage that, by the way. And this is what I've learned. One day there will be a day when the kids are gone, when the house is peaceful, but it's empty. The house is clean, but your heart seems so void. When life is, quote, unquote, perfect, but you seem to have lost all purpose because your whole life you have spent it just wishing things away instead of being fully present. Jesus was always engaged in the moment. So I want to ask you this today. Are you with me? That's a, that's a question. Are you all with me? Because statistically it shows that most of you aren't. Statistically it shows that most people at this point of a message are actually disengaged. So this is when you would tell a story to try to capture someone's attention back. Statistically, it says Harvard did a study, so it's got to be true, right? It showed that 47% of the time, people's minds are not where their feet are. 47% of the time when you are in a conversation with someone else, either that person or you is not really listening, which is really discouraging for me in a room this size, you know. <laughs> Most of the time, our disruption or our interruption or our distraction comes from what's in our pocket. It's called a cellular device, digital media, an iPad, a computer, a TV, or for a lot of us, it's our cell phone. And statistically, it says that the average person touches their cell phone 2,617 times a day. Now, I know y'all are above average people. And when it comes to dysfunction, we go all out, you know? <laughs> so the top 10% of that, it actually says that it's 5,400 times a day. And this was a stat that was done a couple years ago, 5,400 times a day. Uh, the text message, the, the phone call, my phone is on silent almost all the time because that thing would be like, bzz, 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 bzz. notification from this, grandma sent a cat video, whatever it may be, okay? This thing can rob you of all joy in your life. It can also be used as a tool for the kingdom of God. I'm not saying it's evil. I'm saying that it has robbed us. And this is what I want to encourage you to do in this Christmas season is disconnect and connect. What does that mean? Disconnect from something and connect to someone. Disconnect from something, whatever that thing is for you. It may be social media, it may be a TV show, you may be binge watching Yellowstone, whatever you're doing. Disconnect from something and connect to someone. There is somebody most likely sitting in the room you're sitting in when you're staring at your cell phone that really would love you to ask some questions. What would it look like if we get this right? 
disconnect and connect. So how are you fully present? It's really easy to talk about, but how do you really do it? I would encourage you to engage all five senses. What do you see? What do you smell? (laughs) What do you hear? What do you taste? What do you feel? Because so often our minds can just completely go elsewhere. And no one wakes up and intentionally wants to be unintentional for the day. Like today, I'm going to be unintentional. (laughs) Today, when someone's sharing about their life, I'm going to be checking ESPN app. Today, no, we don't, we, we slowly and gradually shift towards distraction and disengagement. And I think we can course correct. Today, studies show that most goldfish can pay attention longer than we can. I came to really encourage y'all today. <laughs> so what does all this mean? It means that we need to press in, that we need to fight to be in intimate relationships with people and be fully engaged because when we're not disconnected from our phone, we play the win-then game, which sounds like this, when I get to college then, when the kids get out of the house then, when the kids are out of diapers then, when we are in diapers then, like there's always these things that we could do in our minds and it can completely disconnect us from reality. I, I want you to write this down. Don't miss what you have right now wishing for what you don't have yet. A lot of people disconnect from reality wishing or longing for something or someone or whatever it may be and they miss it in the present. And here's the deal. When you're not playing the win-then game, we play the what-if game. Anybody ever played the what-if game? Well, what if this happens? What if, what if the Illuminati is real? You know, what, well, what if aliens are real? I thought that was a UFO. Like, what if the, the conspiracy theory that my aunt sent me, you know, what if that is real? Like, what if, what if my kids don't, go to school? What, what if my kids need braces? What if we have a financial crisis? What if my kids aren't smart? <laughs> like we, we play this game. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? Listen, I want to ask you this. What if we chose today to only focus on today? You would be surprised what you could get done and the relationships you could build if you were fully present. It says in Matthew 6, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Jesus is not against planning in a calendar. He's just, he just doesn't want you to be consumed by it. So I want to ask you again, are y'all with me today? Okay. Write this down. Surrender the past you can't change and trust God with a future you can't control. Surrender the past that you can't change and trust God with a future that you can't control. The reality is I can't control the future and I can't change the past, but I can fully press into the moment that I'm in. James 4, it says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city and spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. Have y'all ever heard this verse before? If you don't believe this, go outside today in the cold weather and breathe on your window or breathe on a mirror, watch it fog up because of your hot breath, and then watch it slowly dissipate. It'll it'll just disappear. This scripture is saying that is just like our life, that it's here and it's gone. I've got this little hourglass. I was going to keep it up here the whole sermon, but I knew I would knock it off and it would shatter all over the floor. 
Um, this is just a basic example of our life. There's, there's, this one has metal beads, but normally it's sand, and it's a representation of how much time we have. But here's the reality is that nobody knows. I love the sound of this thing. Nobody knows how much sand is left in the top of their hourglass. Nobody knows. The word of God even says. And so sometimes there are, there are moments in your life where you will literally just think about this and you still can miss the moment. Are y'all with me? No one knows how much sand is left in the top of our life. And the reality is, is that no matter how much we desire to, we can't stop it from passing. It's still going. We can't pause the moment as much as we want to and just hit pause and, and just and, and take it in. But we can be present. This thing, I keep this on my desk. I've always thought it just looks kind of cute, you know. <laughs> but man, what a great reminder that time is passing. I get to choose how I steward it. I'm not promised this amount up here, but I can make the most of this moment in the next moment. And I can be fully engaged. And once the sand is at the bottom, here's the truth. We can't get it back. Now, I could flip this thing over, but you in your life, you, you can't get it back. And so I'm not trying to discourage you this morning. I'm trying to remind you this life is short. So how do we make the most of it? Psalm 118, 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You know how I always say, remind your face you're in a good mood? Be happy. You know that fish that you mount on the wall, it says, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy. Some of y'all need to mount that all over y'all's house. Man, enjoy this life. Laugh a little bit. Can somebody say amen? Like, we got to enjoy it. Rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to be glad in it. I don't know about you, but don't be a Debbie Downer. Don't be raining on my parade. You know what I'm saying? We got to embrace the moment. Make the most of the time that we have. Be present. Because here's the reality. We cannot be happy where you are not fully present. It's impossible. You can't serve Jesus where you are not fully present. You can't love people and serve people where you are not fully present. You can't lead your family where you are not fully present. I'm just telling you because I have tried it and it doesn't work. You can try to be at work and at home at the same time. I promise you it will destroy things. So how do we get fully engaged with the moment? Because it's passing, and I'm not promised tomorrow. So how do I fix my eyes on Jesus and focus on today and make the most of this moment when everything else is fighting for my attention? Listen, the most important moment of your life is the moment you're in today. It's right now. You can't change the past. God's grace will cover it. You can't just rush into the future. So why not be present today? Why not be fully engaged today? Why not check in on that family member today? Why not have an intentional conversation with your, with your spouse today? It's really easy to major in the big moments. It's really hard to major in the mundane. I, I shared, uh, I think it was on Mother's Day, that this, uh, this old Chinese proverb that I keep at hand. And 
It's about this guy, he's running from his life. He's, he's running from these tigers. This is made up, by the way, don't get too stressed out. And uh, he gets to the edge of this cliff and he, he turns around, he sees these ferocious tigers and he, he notices there's a rope over the cliff edge and he grabs it, he starts shimmering down the rope and he looks below his feet and there's rocks. He's like, oh, that's, that would be painful. And he looks up and he notices the tiger, so he's shimmering down and, and then he looks down and he sees the rocks and he looks up and sees the tiger and then he notices right above his hands, there's two mice and they're just gnawing on the rope. Some of y'all are really stressed and just listening to this. And then he, he looks ahead right in front of his face and he notices on the face of the cliff, there was a strawberry. This, this, this strawberry was growing off of the side of this rock and he reaches out he plucks the strawberry and he takes a bite and he says, that's the best strawberry I've ever eaten in my life. You know what? This is the best strawberry I've ever had. And then it's the end of the story. <laughs> and some of you are like, why did you just tell us that? <laughs> some of you are so focused on the tigers that are haunting you from your past. It seems like it's almost chasing you down, beating you up about it. Some of you are so fixated on the rocks that could be your future if you fall or if you make a mistake or if you make the wrong step. Well, what if this or when this happens? Then No, listen. And some of you are right. You're looking at the mice and you're like, this is a really bad situation. This isn't going to end well. How do I get out of this? But, but you can be fully present and you can reach out and you can pluck that strawberry and you can eat it and you can say, wow, life's a little chaotic, but that's the best strawberry I've ever had. <laughs> are y'all tracking with me? I, I promise you, if you try today, you would notice that God has provided a strawberry right in front of your face. The strawberry may be sitting next to you today. I talked with a lady after church first service, it's the first time her daughter has come to church. And she told me, she said, my strawberry was sitting next to me. <laughs> she raised her hand, make Jesus the Lord of my life. I, what is it for you? And how in the world with so many distractions this Christmas, can we be fully engaged? Don't miss the moment. God is teaching me how to be fully present. This is not something I'm acing, by the way. Man, I'm trying to figure this out. So walk with me in this journey. I've been trying to do these things with my kids and I actually had a, a guy come up and speak something really strong over my life at the end of last service. And he said, I'm proud of the way you're being a father to your kids when you didn't have one. Whew. And I said, thank you for that. A couple months ago, I uh, got Zane and I told Kendra, I was like, I'm going to do something cool for Zane. It was a Monday, I think it was like a Sunday afternoon. And uh, I usually get a second wind after church. I don't, I just want to go do something, right? Like I got all this energy and I, I went to Hobby Lobby, I think. I don't know if it was a Sunday or Saturday. And Hobby Lobby had a sale like every day and 40% <laughs> off of everything. <laughs> 
And so I got this little wooden box and I filled it with stuff from the Dollar Tree. There was suckers and Jolly Ranchers and, and chocolate. <laughs> and I went out by this field by our house and I buried it. I put an X and then I recorded this moment I had with my son. I, I want to show you all, if you would throw that video up, you guys, I want y'all to see. Today, we were going to go on a treasure hunt and uh, I'm about to walk into the field and bury this uh, little treasure chest full of goodies. Show me your muscles. <laughs> Are you excited about your treasure hunt? Yes. What's in your treasure box? Candy. <laughs> There's an X that marks the spot, okay? Yeah. Um, Avengers suckers. Oh. It's not chocolate. Chocolate? <laughs> the Lord. Yeah. What about the Lord? The Lord and Jesus made. They made you? Yes. Avenger up there. Oh. I, I see it. Come on. You see? Do you think it's under that? It's under here. You. I think it's under here. <gasps> Some snacks. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh! Dane found his first treasure box. So that video, yeah, Zane's awesome. Why did I show you that video? Because that is a moment that I got it right. But how many of you know that like <laughs> most of my life I, I haven't got it right? And so maybe, maybe you're here today and you're watching that and you're like, that's great. I, I've missed the mark. Listen, today can be day one. And I've actually got another video I'm about to show you where I did miss the mark. And I was actually stressed out this week. I'm thinking about Christmas services. Gotta, you know, do all, I'm thinking of all these things. And, and I got so overwhelmed with good things that were coming and, and I couldn't be fully present. And so I needed some fresh air. So I took Zane and we go outside to throw some rocks. It's what we do when I need to just disconnect. And he just sits there and throws rocks. You know, it's great. And I'm, I'm on my phone, disconnected. And I hear my son singing this song. And I'm trying to figure out what in the world is he singing? And he is singing it over and over. And it happened to be the song that Kendra really likes. And at the time, I didn't really like. Now I love it. And so I get out my phone and I record my son singing. Would y'all throw that video up of Zane? That's a future worship leader right there, y'all, okay? He didn't get it from his daddy. So why did I show you that? Because that one, my son ministered to me. And God used a small child to speak truth into me, to tell me that even in the most mundane moment, that something so sweet can come from. I've watched that video. All the views on it are from me. 
I just watch it over and over, and that's my son. I'm proud. I love him. He's, man, that's my boy. So what, what does that even, it comes from a psalm, those lyrics, and it's that God provides everything that we need, even from the moments and the sources and the situations that seem so unlikely. When's the last time you saw honey come out of a rock? Unless God is involved, honey ain't coming out of a rock. And for some of you in your life, God is trying to bring a sweet moment, a memorable moment for you out of something that seems so unlikely. And he will speak to you if you will be present. I have not got this right. God is dealing with me on this. I'm trying to figure out. I'm going to read these lyrics. There's honey in the rock. There's water in the stone. Manna on the ground, no matter where I go, I don't need to worry now that I know because everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock. Can I encourage y'all? What is your strawberry? What is the thing that God has placed right in front of you that you've missed it? Let today be the day that you get it right fully embrace the moment in your, that you're in. Don't think about the past. Don't think about the future. Turn off and disconnect from this thing. Can I get an amen? And connect with someone. Connect with the Lord. If you press into the moment, you will be shocked what comes out of it. Jesus is on the cross taking his last breaths. And he models being in the moment, even his last breaths. The guy on the left of him and right of him are insulting him. People are throwing rocks and spitting at him, insulting him, humiliating, and crucifying him. And the guy next to him says, will you remember me? And Jesus says, today I'll see you in paradise. He was fully engaged. And he had every reason to be thinking about something else. So I want to challenge you this season, this Christmas season, going into the new year, can you be fully engaged? I'm going to do my best. I just want us to get this right. If you will, close your eyes. I want to pray for you.